explained in yesterday's parsha, parsha's Masse, about the Are Halavian. The Levian don't have real estate in Eretz Yisrael. All the other Shvatim have real estate. The Levian, their job is not to be busy with the land and with agriculture. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted the Levian to be separated from everybody, to be moved off from the nation. And the Levian's job was to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to protect the Beis HaMikdash, and to teach Torah. What's interesting is that Torah gives 48 of these R.A. Levian, 48 cities that the Levian live in, and of those 48, six of them are designated to be R.A. Miklot. R.A. Miklot are cities of refuge that when there's a hireg nefesh b'shkaga, if a person kills somebody accidentally, in a certain way it has to be done b'derach. You read though, like the Gemara speaks about in Makkah, but in certain, I found him, a person would uh, have to go into Golos. Golos was his kapara, and the Golos was a safe haven for the, this Reitzayach. And the Torah was kaiveya that these six Ari Miklot were also Ari Levian. The same cities that were serving these Reitzchim, these murderers, B'Shaigeg, they were the cities that the Levim dwelled in. It's strange. Why don't you just make a separate sanctuary city for the Nevesh B'Shkago? Why are you making uh, them go into the cities of the Levim? The Shemi Shmuel. The Sakachavar says in the name of his father, a beautiful Yisaid. He says that when a person is Hayrig Nefesh Bishkago, when a person, Rahman Utslan, kills somebody by accident, it really destroys that person's life. I happen to have known someone very well who, when he was younger, he was driving down the block and in between two cars was a young child. He darted into the street. Rachman Litzlan, this person that I knew, he happened to be a rav, he, he hit the child, he killed the child. It wasn't his fault at all. It was mamish, it wasn't even a shaygig maybe, it was mamish like a, an inus. But it, he was never the same person again. That's what happens when a person takes somebody else's life. It's almost like the guilt the helplessness, the, the feeling of anxiety and uh, the sleepless nights, the nightmares, the haunting memories of that occasion, it saps all of the chiyas from such a person. And the person very often is miyayish, like there's no point in me continuing to live, what am I living for, I took somebody's life. So the Shemi Shmuel says, that the tire was concerned about this individual, that he shouldn't feel that sense of despair, that sense of yish. It happened, for whatever reason it happened, but a person has to move on in life. And the tire prescribes the exact medicine that this person needs to take. The medicine for this person is he has to be exposed to a city of Levium. Who is a Levi? What did the Levium embody? So, of course, in the Beis HaMikdash, the Levium were the Meshayrim. They were people that sang. 
they played musical instruments, they, they were Meshirer, the Kinar, and, the, and the, all the Nevel, all of the, the different instruments that the Levim played in the Beis HaMikdash. And of course, there was also Iker Shir Bepet. They were also involved in their, in their vocal skills. They sang beautiful songs. When did they sing these songs? By the Karbanis, by the Tamat Shal Shachar, Tamat Shal Ben Arabayim, the Shir Shal Abim Ayyim, Rebbe Zemikdash, we say every day by davening. Those are the songs, the Kapitlach Tilim that we say every morning. Those are the Kapitlach that were said on a regular Sunday morning, Monday morning. And then there was special things that were said when we brought a Karban Musaf. There are Mepharshim that say that when a person brought a Chatas, the Levim sang then also, and they sang upbeat nigunim, so that the person shouldn't feel that depressed about the sin that he committed, but rather he should feel uplifted by the process of bringing a chatos. And of course, on the on Erev Pesach, the Levim sang the Hallel as the Karbanis were shechted in the Beis Hamikdash, that beautiful experience that's laid out in Mesachas Pesachim. But basically, the job of a lady was to be Meshirer, to inject happiness into the Makam HaMikdash, into Taira, into Kedusha. And this was not just in the Makam HaMikdash that they did this. This was in their daily life, in their cities that they lived in. These 48 cities were, they were places, they were islands, they were oasis of, of simcha, of happiness. The Levim sang Shira in their homes, they sang Shira on the streets. Their family life was enhanced by the beauty of their song and of their persona. Of course, the Levim were also Tamid Chachamim, Yerim Mishvatech Yaakov. Their job was to teach Taira. Taira is Mesameach a person. So these cities of the Levim were not Stam cities. These were places that a person goes to if they need to be rehabilitated. If they want to remind themselves that there's a Rabbi Shalom that there's a purpose for life, that there's a reason for living, and that everything has a cheshpan, it was these cities. That was the takeaway from the Ariel Avim. I remember I was once speaking to a Talmud, and this Talmud was not really exposed at all to Kyle life in any which way. And he told me that he spent a, a few days in Azmanim in a Kailo, an out-of-town Kailo. And I said, what was your impression? What did you walk away from that experience? And he says, those Avrechim in that Kailo were so happy. They were just happy. They were singing and they were schmoozing and they were, they were talking and learning the whole day and they just had some, such a Simcha Sachaim. I never saw that anywhere else. That's sort of what it probably looked like in the Arihalavim. It was a tumult of Taira, of Kedusha, of Simcha, of, of wholesomeness. Pockets that you don't find benimtza. It's not benimtza in this world. This world, we're all running to and fro, hectic and worried and anxious. You look around the streets. You look around at people all over the place. They're always nervous and anxious and worried and bills to pay and meetings to go to. In these cities of the Levim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu designated special places in this world that you could have Taira, Kedusha, and more than anything, Simcha. And that's where the Reitzchim were sent. The people that felt so low about themselves, the people that felt such Yish. How could I have done that? 
okay, it was b'shaygig, but we know that every shaygig has to do tshuva also, because maybe there was a little bit of mazid in it. They feel guilty, they're guilt-ridden, and they, 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 they don't know if they have a place for themselves anymore in this world. You go to that city of the Levium, and that's going to be the way that you're able to rehabilitate yourself. I remember when I took Shlem Zalman to Reb Chaim Kanievsky for a bracha before his bar mitzvah. So we had a few minutes to spend with him, and I told Reb Chaim that we're Levium. So he looks at Shlemla and he has a wonderful sense of humor of Chaim and he says, No, do you have a good voice? Can you sing? So he says, I'll give you a bracha. You should be Zaycha to sing with a Levim on the Duchan and the Beis HaMikdash. A powerful bracha. But it's not just a bracha to sing with a Levim, it's a bracha to sing in your life to be able to have that special simcha sachayim that the Levim had and that the Rebbe Shalom wants us all to have. Anyone that has yish, anyone that feels a little low and despondent, try to emulate the Levim. As the Rambam says, it's not just Shevet Levi that's zeichet to this. It's all of our legacy. We could all be Levim if we so choose. That's the greatness of the Levium. But now that you've heard a little bit about what a Levi is, the great simcha that they had in life, the, that they were the antithesis of Yish, I think it's going to be very powerful when you hear the following medrash. One of the classic songs that we sing is from during these days, and I'm sure Ophi, or Ophi will sing it for us soon, is Al Nares Bavel. Al-Naris Babel is a capital in Tilim, Kufla, Medzayin, Shom Yashavnu, Gambachinu, Bezachinu, Esziyin. By the rivers of Babel, Klai Yisrael was exiled into Babel after the Churban by Yisrishin. And Klai Yisrael sang, sat there by the river of Babel, away from Eretz Yisrael, off of the Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, and they cried, Shom Yashavna, we sat there and we cried, B'zachrinu Sion. Eich noshir eshir Hashem alad masnechar. How is it possible, they asked, to sing the shir Hashem, to sing the, the songs of Hashem alad masnechar on foreign soil? There's a frightening medrash. The medrash says that it doesn't say that we're not going to sing shir Hashem alad masnechar. It says, Eich Nasher, it's impossible for us to sing Eshir Hashem al Why is it impossible? The Medrash tells the story. Nebuchadnezzar and his troops were sitting and eating by the river's edge in Babel. As they conquered the Beis HaMikdash, they came back for their victory lap. They sat by the river's edge and they were rejoicing over their their heinous crimes against the Rabbeinu Shalom, against the Makamah Mikdash, against Eretz Yisrael, against Klal Yisrael. And Nebuchadnezzar snaps his fingers and says, I see that there's some Levium here, because the Levium were holding tightly their kinar. 
their musical instruments, they, they took it with them. He said, I heard so much about the beautiful music that you sing in the, in the temple that's no longer. As we're sitting here eating, I'd like you to play, play some music for us, for our entertainment. So the Levian, as the Pasuk says there, they hung their kinar on the, wheel, on the willow bushes. They hung up their harps as if to say that we're not doing that. They mutilated their thumbs. They cut off their thumbs with their teeth. They bit off their thumbs because they did not want to use their thumbs to pluck the, the cords of the, of the harp, of the kinar. They did not want to use their talents for anything but the Rabbi Nishleilam. And they did the ultimate act of Mesiris Nefesh by mutilating themselves. Eich nashir ashir Hashem. It's not shayach. We physically can't. Not that we're not going to. We're not refusing. We can't anymore. Nebuchadnezzar got furious and he killed most of them. Some of them survived. What you see from this medrash, with the background that I just gave you about the Levium, is that the Levium who are the epitome of joy, they were the ones that brought other people who were in a state of despair out of it. They rehabilitated the people, the Reitzchim, the Reitzach, Nefesh Bishkaga, the Harag Nefesh Bishkaga. They were able to bring them back to themselves, bring them away from their Yish. They themselves fell prey to Yish in Babel. And they had no reason anymore to rejoice. They felt that this was the end. They would never go back to Yerushalayim, to Tzion. They would never again use their skills. That's how terrible the matzah of the Chorban was. The Chorban was so grave. It was so terrible that even the source of this joy, those people that were so happy, the people that embodied Simcha in this world, in those cities that were so pure and joyous. When the Chorban took place, they were miyayish. They had no reason anymore to have simcha. It's an, it's an incredible medrash. It shows what the Chorban really was. It shows how dark a period that was. If even the most optimistic of people could do that to themselves, it makes you stop and think a second what the Chorban really, really was. There's a Gemara in Yavamis. The Gemara in Yavamis says that the Levim that survived Nebuchadnezzar's massacre against them, Al-Naraz Babel, they came back to the Mikdash when Ezra brought them back to the beginning of the Bayesheni, and they came to the people in charge of the Beis Mikdash and they said, we want our jobs back. We want to be able to play again, to sing again on the Duchan. And you know what the Gemara says, shockingly? They were told, no. You cut off your fingers, you can't play. Pile Plum. Old Mepharshim asked, this is the, they, they, they did such an act of Messiris Nefesh for the Rabbi Nishalem. 
for the Mikdash. They didn't want to use their skills for Nebuchadnezzar, V'chayloisav. And now they're being punished? They did such a great act in Messiris Nefesh, and now you're, you're turning them away and saying that, sorry, you can't play in the Beis HaMikdash. They should be the ones that are on front and center stage. They're the ones that should earn their, their place on the Duchen more than anyone. And what some of the Mepharshim want to say is that they did something wrong. Because you see, the lesson that the Levim were always trying to give everyone else, not to be miyayish, no matter what the circumstance, do not give up. Do not think that all is lost. They themselves should have understood that very well. If you preach it, you've got to do it yourself. There will be a, a brighter tomorrow. Don't cut off your fingers. Don't think that the end is here. The Rabbi Nishlam has many different ways of bringing Kla Yisrael back to the, to the heat, to the, to the top, to the peak of what they are. And they created for themselves the ultimate act of Yish by doing that self-mutilation. And this is a tremendous Mosharasko for all of us. A lot of times we think I'm not worthy to do this. I did this Avera. I did that Avera. I'm not a Ben Tyra because of these Averas. I'm not proud of who I am right now. I'm not having a good period of time since I left Yeshiva. Things have been difficult for me. I've had a lot of struggles with many different issues. I'm really not proud of myself. I don't like who I am right now. I'm not, I don't feel good about myself. And the Sahara gets us to really feel a great sense of despair sometimes that we can't look at ourselves in the mirror, and it becomes a vicious cycle. The more yish, the more, the more depression, the more depression, the more yish. And before you know it, we can mamish do the, ter- the worst averis. The Hasidic Rebbe say that the worst sin of all sins is atzvus, to be sad. Not that it itself is an avera, they say, but through atzvus, a person is liable to do the worst Averis. Because when we're sad, when we're depressed, we throw in the towel and we're able to do in our minds anything that we want is justified. The Levium, we have to learn from the Levium how to be happy, and we have to learn from what they perhaps did wrong, that when things really look bleak, we have to still maintain our hope. Because things come back again. I, I just recently saw something from the Stipler in, in his Kraina de Igrisa, one of his letters. He writes that, never get depressed, he writes. He says, because I've seen personally so many times that you think that something is lost, and then before you know it, a few zigzags in the road, and you're back on top. We all have this in our lives, things that you think it, you know, is a terrible thing. If you just wait a little bit, you'll find that it's, it's really a blessing. The song always has to continue. Klal Yisrael can never say, Eich Nashir. Those words, Eich Nashir, do not exist in a Jew's vocabulary, in a Jew's lexicon. It doesn't exist. Eich Nashir. In the concentration camps, 
our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they sang animamin, they sang the most beautiful nigunim as they were being brought to the gas chambers. They never said Eich Nashir. The biggest Avera is to say Eich Nashir Asher Hashem. Even Alad Masnechar. We said before that the Levim, their Shira was not only the Shira of the Kapitlach Telem, it was also a Shira of Tyra. Tyra is called a Shira. And just like we're saying tonight that you can never say Eich Nasher, you can never stop the music, even now during the three weeks when we can't play actual music, we're still having a kumzitz, we're still singing. I heard from Reb Chaim Kanievsky, a psak, this morning somebody told me that he said during, in Corona, you're even able to listen to music during Ben HaMetzarim. A Yid never stops singing, but a Yid also never stops learning Tyra. I think one of the greatest varts that I ever heard was a vart from the Panovich The Panovich says on a Gemara at the beginning of Megillah, the Gemara quotes a Pasuk in, Ye- in Yeshua. Yeshua was fighting one of his battles to conquer Israel. And one day, one night actually, uh, a malach comes and he is a charba shlufa, he had a sword. And he gives musr to Yeshua. It was at night, the, they battled during the day at night. They didn't have night vision, you know, goggles in those days. So the wars ended at night and they started again the next morning. So this malach gives musr to Yeshua. He says, Emesh, last night be taltim tamashabain arbayim. You're mevatel Abayim. And tonight you're being mevatel Taira. So Yeshua says, I'll aza man boss. Which, which is the taina that you had against me that you're coming to give me Musa right now? So he says it's because of the bitl Taira. If you look in Tysus there, Tysus says all this is darshan from Sukkim. Because Yeshua asks the Malach, are you with us? He didn't know that he was a malach. At first he thought he was a, a warrior. So he says, are you with us? Are you with the enemy? Who are you? So Taisa says, that's Taira Tziva Lanu Maisha. Lanu is Taira. Or are you about the Karbanis? Because the Karbanis are Megan. They protect us from Saras, from our enemies and from troubles. Is it Tyra that you're giving me Musar about? Tyra Tzivalanu Moshe? Or is it Litzarenu? Is it the Karbanis, the Tamish Shabbain Arbaim that we're Mavato? What does the Malach say back to him? Ato Basi. With an ayin. Ato. Now, I'm coming for now. Zaktaisis. Ato. The Ato Kiswulachem is Hashirazais. Frektaponavichirav, shouldn't he have said, Lanu? I thought Lanu was the catchphrase to mean Tyra. How Lanu Atim Lanu is Tyra Tzibalanu Maisha. So why does he, all of a sudden he answers back, Ata, another Pasuk, should say Lanu. It's for Tyra, Tyra Tzibalanu. You have to listen to this, the terrors that the Panamitrov gives. It's, it's half of a fella. The Panamitrov says, Als Tyra, Als the Chiv of Tyra, Klai Yisrael had a Petur. Uh, come on, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting a bloody battle all day. 
you're killing people, you're getting, you know, inches away from your own life being taken, and you're running, and you're, 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 you're horses, and, and, and all types of armor and weapons, and, you know, you're, you come home, you're exhausted. I think it's easy to go learn after a whole day of uh, being, you go into Manhattan, people take the train into Manhattan, it's schwitzy in the train, it's, you know, knock and they're a whole day, they're working and working, or they come back on the train, it's like uh, 8 o'clock at night. Is it easy for them to go and learn? It's very, very hard. Sometimes a person is so exhausted, he mamish plops on the couch, he can't get up. For Tayyarat Siva Lanu says the Panavichirav, it wouldn't be such a taina. That wasn't what the Malach had a taina against Kal Yisrael and Yeshua for. But the taina was Atta. It's not the din of Talmud Taira that I have a taina against you on. It's the shira of Taira. If you enjoy Taira, if you look at Taira like a song, how does that song ever stop? Technically, are, am I potter? Yes, you're potter. But why would you want to be potter? How could you stop the music from playing? How could you say, I'm not up to learning? If it's a chore for you, then you're right. Then you could figure out technicalities why maybe you're putter. But if it's a joy, if it's something that you love doing, then you'll always want to do it. You'll never want to stop that song. You'll never say, Ech nasher, not about Simcha Sachayim and not about the Simcha Satayra. I want to just end with a, a Maisa I saw recently. There was a yeshiva in Lakewood, not... One of the smaller yeshivas in Lakewood. And there was a, right before Corona became, you know, what it was, there were still uh, questions about whether the yeshivas are going to close or not close. And there were rumors that this particular yeshiva was about to close. And by Yayim, whenever it was, maybe a few days after Purim, the Rosh Yeshiva gets up in the base medrash, and he says, this is the final shmuz of this man. He says, we're all going to have to go home now because of corona. It's a sakana. We have to go home and we can't be in yeshiva anymore. We're not allowed to stay here. You have to protect yourself. You have to go home and do whatever the government says, whatever the rabbanim are saying to do. But it's an etzchayim hi lamachazikim ba. Taira is the tree of life. You have to hold on to it. Even though you're going home and you're not going to be in the base medrash, you have to stay as stark as you possibly can. That was the last Musa Shmuz that he gave this Rosh Hashiva. Later in the day, one of the fine Talmidim in this yeshiva calls the Shiva, who was at home at the time, and he says, you know, I'm about to go home, but I wanted to have one final Shmuz with the Rosh Hashiva. He says, you see, I keep thinking about the first Shmuz that the Rosh Hashiva gave this man in yeshiva. Can't get it out of my mind. The first shmuz that the Rashiva gave was talking about when you were in the hospital with your daughter. He had a young daughter who was very, very sick. She was in the hospital and he was living with her and his wife was there and they were basically at her bedside day and night. He heard that there was an avrech, a kailo family who also had a sick daughter, and they just came into the hospital, to the oncology unit, to the cancer unit. And so he wanted to welcome them, he wanted to make them feel at home. 
So he went up to their room. He found out which room they were in. He knocks on the door. He comes in. It was only the wife that was there. It wasn't the husband. The husband was not there at the time yet. This Kylo uh, man, he was not there at that moment. But the Rashiva looks around the room. He sees that there are svarim all over the, all over the room. There's Gemaras, there's Kaivetz Mepharshams, there's notes, no, notebooks with, with Chidushe Taira packed into those notebooks. And he sees a shtender. And the shtender was right by his, this, door, this girl's bed. So this Rashiva told this woman, the Kaila wife, he says, this doesn't look like a hospital room, this looks like a base medrash. She said, my husband is going to be here a lot because I'm home with a lot of the kids. I can't be in the hospital with our daughter. So my husband is going to be here. And I asked him, what is it that I could make for you in the hospital to make you feel that you could get through this somehow normally? He says, there's only one thing that I need in, in the hospital room. He says, I need my shtender. I need to have my shtender in the hospital and if I have my shtender and I have my svarim on the shtender, then I'm going to be okay. If I don't have my shtender, I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go crazy. This Bachar said to the Rashiva, he said, I keep thinking about that. He says, I'm about to go home. And I know that it's going to be difficult to be at home and to continue my shtaging that I was used to in this yeshiva the whole year. Would it be okay, Rosh Hashiva, if I borrowed one of the shtenders from the yeshiva and brought it home with me? This is the Eich Nashir that we have to fight against. We all have this, we allow ourselves certain understandings that it's okay, we don't have to learn so much, we're not in yeshiva, it's the summer, corona, we have a lot of excuses, and maybe that, they're good excuses maybe, mitzah tayra tzivala But if we're really b'nei tayra and we have avas tayra, then we're still going to have a taina against us because there's still a pasuk of the ata kitzvulachemesashira azais. The shira of tayra, the love of tayra, the music of tayra, the song of tayra should never stop from us. And you know, the more that we sing this shira of Taira, the happier we'll be. The more we sing this shira of Taira, the less Averis we'll be engaging in. I've spoken to Bachram over the past couple of months, and it ain't pretty out there what's going on. It's inevitable. You're not in base Medrash. You don't have your Abayim with you. You don't have your Chavra with you. You're in wherever it is that you're in. And the Eitzahara is, is, is dancing. Because it's so easy to come up with a million excuses why we don't have to learn. And from that comes Averis. From that comes Atzvus. And then more Averis. Yish. And the greatest thing that we could do for ourselves, the greatest gift, is giving ourselves the gift of Tyra. The more we learn, the more we sit down, the more we have Amelis, the more we take our shtender and make it our chavrusa. 
the more that we have a purpose for living, a reason for looking forward to the upcoming Zmanim Yerz Hashem, that's why it's so important that we see each other in person tonight to remind ourselves who we are, what we are, what we had, what we will have, and that even though we might be going through right now a low point in terms of the trajectory of our life in terms of the fact that we don't have yeshiva currently, but never be miyayish, because good times will come again. The sun will rise once again. You just have to be patient. You have to give it time. And we have to get to that point to appreciate it once again, but never be miyayish. Never, if you're a yid, we never say ech nasher. The Hasidic Rebbe used to say, yiyosh shalai If you have yiyosh, it's shalai It's an act of insanity to have yiyosh. There's no, there's no rational reason to have Yish, because a Yid always has a Rabbeinu Shalom. There's always a, a happy ending. There's always a silver lining to every cloud if you're a, a person with a Munam Bitochen. And so we come together tonight, singing together, schmoozing together, eating together, fabrengen, reminding ourselves that we're B'nai Taira, reminding ourselves that we have so much to live for, so much to look forward to, so much to build up to. And the song of Tyra and the song of our lives will continue Mitzah Hashem in perpetuity.